What is going on? How's Episode it going, guys? 148 <laughs> of Bar Down Breakdown. Today I just was sitting down and like I was like episode 148 like how long have we been doing this damn show and we're coming up on three years in january which is wild so super pumped to have the justins today yeah we, as you could see uh big tom is still not feeling uh 100 so we had we had to call the out of time homies and see who was down and we got the bearded gentleman justin and then we have justin from the fantastic idol threat holding it down in nashville tennessee way less beard too <laughs> it's always and, weird and it's always gray. weird to meet another justin honestly <laughs> it's a great name it is i know that we got two of them on here too it, many it, too many just one's one too many justins oh yeah one's <laughs> one's enough and we got we already have uh timberlake out there holding it strong <sighs> tough to be that even, too. yeah can't compete no, with that, yeah. that's the og sorry <laughs> sorry justin's so what's going on, Justin from Nashville? I don't even know how I'm going to do this interview. So oh, he's, he's, he's JJ. We got it. Yeah, right. yeah. You can call me JJ. That's a lot of people yeah. in music know me as that anyway. So Perfect. yeah, we'll we'll try to uh, keep it separated here. Hell yeah, man! So <laughs> what, what's uh, going on in Nashville right now? It's uh, pretty cold here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I feel like we have typically pretty similar weather. Yeah, we, we do. Um, but, you know, with Tennessee weather, it's like, you know, one day we get tornadoes and then the next day it's snowing. So, like, it's it's definitely a wild card down here. But, you know, we're gearing up for the holiday season. And, like, I pretty much just work and hang out with my girlfriend now. So, um, but, you know, watching hockey, hanging out with friends, drinking beer, working. That's pretty much what I do. So, well, um, I was actually yeah. checking out your, your Instagram you know, the past couple of weeks. And it seems like you go to a good amount of Preds games. Are you like a, do you have a package or season tickets maybe? Um, so I actually used to be a season ticket holder. Um, and then COVID happened. <laughs> uh, so I gave up my package. Um, but I do have some really good friends that take me a lot or I take them. And then, you know, I just, I love being in the building. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk more about Bridgestone, like, later on but um i try to go to as many games as i can um so yeah i i go quite a bit <laughs> yeah hell yeah i I've, I've only been there once and i i must say and i i've said it many times on this podcast like if you're a fanatic like hockey fan and you're trying to go to all the arenas or at least like the ones that are close to you that is going to be one of you know your favorites just because yeah. of its location and like mine you know obviously not because of the country music because that's not what we <laughs> talk about on this podcast but everything else about the city was freaking awesome and you can't get a better location than that yeah nashville's like fan base is incredible too um i mean after the cup run in 2017 like our fan base got a, a little weird because there's a lot of bandwagoners and it's like a touristy thing now, but like, you know, that atmosphere is completely unmatched. And I mean, I'm biased obviously, cause I'm, you know, Nashville born and raised, but like, um, you know, the big games and stuff, weekend games are always popping. Like you can't find anywhere to sit in the building. It's always so loud. Um, very intense atmosphere. Um, it's always great to be a part of it too. So yeah, I, I wonder what that was like as an outsider, though. Like, 
Do you remember who they played? So I I went for a, a Predators Islander game. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they, there was uh, definitely like, I forget what bar we went to before the game, but yeah, the, the, the fan base, like everywhere you looked was, you know, out and supporting. And like even yeah. two or three nights earlier when we were there, like Nashville had a game and they were on the road and every bar that we went to had the game on the TV. And like yeah. a lot of people actually like glued to the, to the game and, and really watching it. So I, I think you guys have become definitely a, a hockey market and, it seems like the Nashville people have really embraced the team. Yeah. And I mean, like as a native, I guess like it's, it's always been there. And I mean, on, you know, hockey Twitter and, you know, YouTube comments and all sorts of stuff, everybody argues all the time about every team, but um, there's, you know, this massive conversation like a few years ago, um, you know, when the Titans were terrible, like we didn't have like the national soccer club yet. And like, yada 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 but everybody's like oh like you know is nashville a hockey town and then we had that cinderella story cup run in 2017 Mm -hmm. everybody finally was just like all right yeah nashville's a hockey town like look look at all the photos of all these crowds of people like just outside of the arena watching the game um and they they do this cheesy thing like every year uh where they call it like paint the town preds or whatever but like there's pred stuff everywhere um and like it feels like people care more about the Preds than they do the Titans or the soccer club, or, you know, we have a minor league baseball team here. And, um, but yeah, I don't know. Nashville's it's a special place. And, you know, I'm going to keep saying that I'm biased because I'm from here, but like, you know, we really do love hockey. Um, and I think people finally started to like realize that. So that's been cool to like grow up with the team and all that, you know, people are finally coming around. So. Now we've talked to, to to Justin about like being a fan of an expansion team because you know when he was younger they got the Tampa Bay Lightning in mm-hmm. Florida. Yeah. So like you know I'm just by judging you judging the book by the cover I'm guessing you're around like 25ish in that range. Um so I'm almost 27 so you okay. you're closer than most Pretty people. Cl- most people are like yo you're like 18 right and like nom. <laughs> I'm old. I just look like I'm 12. <laughs> now, did Nashville celebrate their 20th anniversary yet? Um, yes. If I'm not mistaken, um, it was 99 when Nashville got the Preds. And now that I've said that, I have to look it up. But um, they have been around the majority of my life. Um, so, when I, I mean, I remember going to games and like when I was a kid um, – and, you know, it's, it's always been very special to me. Um, but yeah, we, yeah, 98. So I was like, yeah, I was three, but um, yeah. yeah. So, so you pretty much just like only remember Nashville having a team then. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, I, I, I could tell the story of like how I became a hockey fan, but it, it you know, like I was probably like, I remember just being like, oh, this is cool, you know, and like I was kind of too young to understand like, you know, the ins and outs of sports. Um, I mean, I always watched the Titans and like the Cowboys with my um, family. Um, and then like, you know, my family's like huge on basketball and stuff too. So I, I, I like watched like every team um, 
never really had like a favorite until I grew up and could like choose stuff on my own. But um, when I was probably like five, six, seven, something like that, um, my dad's inner city ministry um, was gifted tickets. Um, so we sat in uh, David Legwan's like family's box. Um, so it was like my family and like a bunch of the kids from like his uh, ministry. And um, I remember like sitting in the floor um, with David Legwan's mom and she was like telling me like about the sport and was like, you know, this is what offsides is. This is what icing is. You know, this is a line change. You know, <laughs> this person does this and that. And like, I'm just like a kid with like stars in his eyes. Like this, you know, lady is this person's mom. And like David Legwand is like a National Predators like legend, you know, uh, and always been my favorite player. Um, you know, I, yeah, but that, that is why I love hockey because this lady took the time to tell me about the sport that her son loved so much. Um, and then, you know, obviously like leg one doesn't play anymore and like all that stuff, but, um, that's really what planted the seed for me. Um, and then as I got older, you know, you just fall more in love, more and more in love with the sport. Cause it's so easy to, it's so exciting. And like the community is incredible and, you know, yeah. So I was going to say, like, I think that's, that's like the common course for all expansion teams. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I said it on the podcast before, like, you know, I grew up in South Florida and, mm -hmm. you know, I was there when the Panthers became an expansion team. Nobody knew anything about hockey. Like the, it was the lightning and the cats were like, you know, the two teams that just entered the Florida market at the same time. Yeah. And the only other team we had was, I might get this wrong, but the closest, you know, team would, would have been Atlanta, I, I guess. But I don't even think oh, yeah, the Thrashers were a thing. No, yeah. I don't think they were a thing. I don't think they, they were, were a like thing the yet. Atlanta Flames before that. Before, yeah. So for me, it was my grandfather was a car salesman at like a Dodge dealership, and they ended up getting free tickets to <laughs> a Cats game. I remember we were there and, and they let us into like a meet and greet with everybody. And I was like 10 years old. And this is when they were going in the cup run against the avalanche. And I just looked behind me and Van Beesbrook is behind me, like towering behind me as like a 10 year old. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and I, I think like with expansion teams, that was the thing, like just getting community outreach and getting the community involved. And I, I don't know. I think that's why like a lot of expansion teams, especially when you look at like the Florida Panthers, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Nashville, uh, the Preds, and even like St. Louis too. Like you have this like big community outreach program because they're really like striving to get teams in there. Whereas yeah. you have like the Islanders who, who have been a team for so long and had, you know, a luxurious cup run in the eighties, but not so much anymore. But you have those diehard fans that have always been there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I was talking to Jennings Compton a couple of episodes ago and he was talking about how like Atlanta never worked because they didn't have that like one cup run and all the teams that you mentioned have had that. And I yep, think yep. that's really what like, you know, I'm, I'm sure in the early 2000s when you were like, you know, 11, 12 years old no one was really hyped about the Nashville Predators. But then, like, when it became the event and the team was doing well and then, like, Carrie Underwood's going and Keith Urban and, like, all yeah. those, like, main, like, A-list celebrities in the Nashville market started, like, embracing the team, 
then there was just no looking back. And, you know, that happened in Tampa. That happened early on in Florida. And, yep. like, that's really what is going to keep that that fan base there. Like, you have that history now where, like, the Atlanta Threshers didn't have that. Yeah. And that's, like, the difference between a team making it or not. Look at Vegas. Like, what happens if Vegas sucked for the first four years and then, you know, Vegas Raiders or whatever they're called, like the Las Vegas Raiders come and they have like a successful first couple of years, that whole city then could have shifted to the Raiders. And then the Vegas experiment for hockey could have totally been a different story. Yeah. We could see it with Seattle too, honestly. Yeah. I was just thinking that like, you know, I'm, I'm very curious to see how the Kraken play out, but, um, they're last in the division right now. But I, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like the it seems Pacific, like it's going well. <laughs> but the Pacific Northwest, like they know hockey. Like yeah. they they even though they never had a team, like they have the Seattle Thunderbirds. They have junior hockey there. Mm-hmm. Like there are hockey fans in the Seattle area. You know, I I can't necessarily say the same is true for Vegas, except that. Vegas does have a bunch of transplants from like the Northeast that, and, yeah. and even from like Canada and such where like it, it could have been kind of like what you see in, in like sunrise where yeah. when the opposing team comes, yeah, they'll sell out because they'll get all those opposing team fans where Vegas doesn't really do that. Like Vegas won't even talk to you. If you say you want to group for like another team, because we've tried it for the Islanders. Like, once they found out that we were Islander fans, they they didn't want to talk to us anymore. Huh? That's crazy. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie; the Predators weren't very nice either. Really? Yeah, they weren't. They were. They Southern only gave hospitality. Me... <laughs> yeah, honestly. they would. They would only give me 40 tickets, and I was like, "I'm gonna need more than 40 tickets." And they're like, "Nope, this is all we can give you." Wow. Yeah. So 40 is quite a bit, though. I don't know. Well, well, I I do hundreds with the Islanders, like when I go <laughs> on road games. So forty is nothing. We we just had eight. We just had eighty for an AHL game. Nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Man. Islander Ooh. fans are no joke. I'm not gonna lie. They are diehard. <laughs> I will say that. They are. Yeah. So let's let's uh, move forward to to kind of a little current hockey talk. Um, you know th- this season is unfortunately turning out to be another COVID season where we were thinking that we might have been in the clear and like for the first couple of months of the season, you know, maybe a player or two on each team would be out on COVID protocol for a couple of games. But now it seems like it is really going to change the the landscape of the rest of the season. Like I know Canadian teams aren't going to be crossing the border for a little while. Some teams are shut down until – after christmas so yeah, we are you guys are shut down as well so yeah. yeah it it seems like uh the nhl has their hands full um you know i'm a huge olympic hockey fan and mm-hmm. i don't see that happening I, it, it could be announced by the time like this podcast comes out but i honestly can like I can't imagine the NHL sending their players to China. (laughs) Like, especially I think China said if, if someone tests positive, they have to stay like 30 days or something like that, or three weeks in quarantine there. There's no way the NHL is going to let their superstars do that. 
Yeah, I don't even think Canada would send – Canada won't even send their national team out there, much less their stars. Yeah, like, so I, I don't think that's going to happen. What, what are you thinking, JJ? Man, I just – I don't know. It's a very bleak outlook, you know? Like, I – I feel like there's too much like money and stuff involved as well. So like, there's no way that like these people are going to risk their players to go, you know, be sidelined or whatever for three, four weeks. Um, And I mean, you know, like that, that whole like world being the stage for like, you know, these hockey players, it has to be such a cool feeling, but then, you know, they probably have a lot to decide as well with like, okay, am I going to go do this or am I going to, am I going to stay or, you know, where, where am I going to be utilized and like all that. So I don't know. I just, it's hard to plan anything, (laughs) let alone, you know, professional sports right now. So like, I just, I still have that mentality of like, if it's going to happen, cool. If it's not, then like, I can't even be like upset anymore. Cause like so much has changed within the past year. And I mean, you know, y'all know that. So, um, and the world kind of doesn't give a crap about your plans. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying not to get my hopes up. That's yeah, <laughs> the short and sweet. <laughs> and, and what about you, Justin? Are you a Olympic hockey guy? I'm a fan. I'll watch it. I'll root for the States, but uh, I don't know. I'm more of a, of a curling guy. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm that guy. I love watching uh, the, the curling events. And I think mostly it's because it's ironic, but I watch it in a non-ironic way. Yeah. I, I'm head over heels about Olympic hockey. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Like I am so invested. I always have been. And you know, the one year when the NHL didn't send their players, like the, the last Winter Olympics, yep. it was so brutal without, like, the NHL stars there. And, like, I I know that those guys that were, like, on the Canadian and the U.S. team, like, they're legit hockey players, but it just yeah. wasn't the same. It's not the same. Like, it yeah. felt like it was just, like taken away from me and then i was like all right we got four years everything will be back to normal like you know let let's let's just look forward to those four years and then this happens it's like man are we ever gonna have olympic hockey back again and i I just don't know i I really don't know so i will say the last winter olympics i i grew very fond of uh the women's hockey teams yes and i love watching women's hockey like they are fucking brutal no i agree i i did watch a, a few of the women's games they mm-hmm. were uh entertaining for sure kind of met up to the expectations of not having nhl players <laughs> yeah that is true so you know when you when you think about the timeline of you know the olympics it's usually like january into like early february mm-hmm. and let, let's just say hypothetically the NHL does send their superstars and maybe a few Preds on, you know, are unfortunate and have to go on that COVID protocol and like miss three weeks of the season or whatever that like would take them right up to that stadium series game. And like, it makes you wonder, like that's, that's another like huge thing that the NHL must be considering. And like, you know, the winter classic, the all-star game, like yeah. these big NHL events where they're trying to grow the game of of hockey here in the, in 
North America. If you're missing a few of your superstars that are supposed to be in these events, then it's like, is this really worth it? Yeah. I mean, the, the marketability like certainly would go down, but like, you know, I guess talking more about like the Preds, like this season we've had like players out due to COVID and like injuries and like all this other stuff. And there's certainly like this next man up mentality right now. So like we have, a everybody keeps joking that they're the Preds morals right now because we have a bunch of Milwaukee players playing for us. Um, mm-hmm. And like the other night we played the abs and like, you know, they're dealing with the same stuff, but like, you know, we have like a guy who's, who was playing in Milwaukee yesterday up against like Nathan McKinnon and like, you know, they won. Um, and like, you know, we didn't have our, our, some of our coaches and, you know, we still are, you know, on a hot streak right now. So, or we're on a hot streak, I guess we got, you know, hit with COVID even further, but um, hopefully after Christmas, like some stuff will calm down a little bit. I'm not holding my breath, but um you know, the, the Preds were doing well with these young guys. And, um, you know, personally, that's what I love, like a good underdog story. So, um, yeah, seeing the ads like coming up and like busting their asses for us. And like, I don't know, there's nothing like those those youngsters. So <laughs> I was going to say, you guys are on like a stuff. six or seven game win streak right now. Like that's not a yeah. that's not something to, to to not gloat about a little bit. Yep. And it's, it's literally all of the AHL guys. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, Forsberg's been playing really well this year, especially after coming back from the injury he had. Um, and, like, it looks like Matt Duchesne decided to show up for the Preds this year too. So <laughs> <laughs> um, he's been playing pretty well. And then, you know, we are kind of in a rebuild season. Like, Poyle, our GM, got rid of, like, a bunch of people in the off season, And, like, we made some trades to, like, clear up some cap room. And, like, you know, we re-signed Deckholm. And, um, you know, we're, we're definitely in a rebuild. But the, these, uh, these Admirals players are uh, really coming in handy right now. Um, and then, you know, we have, like, Tolvanen and Tomasino, um, some of the guys that we've drafted within the past couple of years that are stepping up. So uh, it's exciting. And I hope that means that the future is bright. Um, I don't really expect to get past the first round of the playoffs, but you know, they're still fun to watch. So, but I mean, I think like you have to think about it like this too. Like, you know, you guys, you're saying that you're in a rebuild seat like season, but you're, you're second in your division right now. I, I know it's crazy. You're, like, you're, it's, you're right behind the wild and you're beating literally the abs who are who dropped what to fifth in a division right now i think so i think so i don't keep Um, too much on the western conference but like yeah i i know who the 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 playmakers are right now just because i mean lightning just got to their top of the division we just toppled the cats so like i'm keeping an eye on who we might be playing so yeah yeah (laughs) it's just it's so funny because like you know this the past like couple seasons, you know, you, you get kind of a big ego cause like you make a cup run and mm-hmm. then, you know, we had a heartbreaking like loss and then the season after it's like, okay, we're getting back, we're getting back. And like, you know, as a diehard fan, there was just something in me that was like, we're not going to get back to the cup. Like I, j- it just felt, felt like it. And then, you know, we won the president's uh, trophy that year. And I was just like, there's still no way that we're going to make this like run again. 
Um, and then it's gotten to where, you know, you don't meet those expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you start trading or you start, you know, resigning and like letting people go and trying to make really hard decisions. Um, so I'm one of those that, you know, I've watched the team be terrible. You know, I still watch pretty much every game. Um, and it's, it's been like that for probably over a decade now. Like I watch them when they suck, I'll watch Mm -hmm. them when they're great, you know, but you know, we started getting rid of people and like, I, I joke all the time that they always get rid of my favorite players. So it's just, I can't get too attached to them anymore. Um, so th- this season when they were blowing it up or whatever, I was just like, okay, if you're going to do it, do it. You know, like there's been a lot of talk about us trading Forsberg and like, mm-hmm. this is the season that we're either going to resign him or, you know, we got to get rid of him. And like, that would be heartbreaking. <laughs> to me but like you know if our team is going to go for the full rebuild then do it now instead of waiting mm-hmm. but then you know we started winning games kind of you know at, to me out of nowhere and I'm like okay this team is a contender you know if we're gonna battle for the division you know we'll battle for the conference and you know if we're in that mix I don't know what we can do you know yeah. and that's something that's so cool about hockey too is like you really never know who's gonna like rise to the occasion when it presents itself. So, mm-hmm. um, and there's no other sport like it. You can kind of predict any other, you know, sport who's going to be who, but like in hockey, it really just depends on how the ice is, you know, <laughs> like, um, and having a hot goalie at the right time. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, I love that you bring up like the Milwaukee Admirals because, I think that they have one of the best jerseys in hockey. Like, oh my gosh, I love it! It is so beautiful, and it's a miracle I don't have one. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think you know, this past weekend I was just watching the Islanders minor league team here in Charlotte, and their jersey's so bad, and I'm like, <laughs> and what I would take to just like be able to buy an AHL jersey for my team, like, yeah that it, that's a sweet Jersey that I would still wear. And you guys with, with Milwaukee definitely have that. I mean, the solar bears, <laughs> the solar bears aren't rocking the best jerseys either. So I don't know. I love those. I, I think that's one of the best logos as well. The logo is great, but I don't know about the turquoise and the purple and the white. Yeah. The, the color combinations are a little weird, a little off, a little off. Hey, cool. at least they're not yellow, you know? Like, we have that god-awful, like, I've never been a yellow person, but, you know, <laughs> I have to wear Preds gear, so, like, I have to just make it work, so. Hey, it stands out, man. It was it easy. For me, it was easy for me to see that you were a Preds fan because it just <laughs> catches your, like, that yellow is yeah, so distinct. Yeah. It, it definitely stands out. So while we're on the subject of yellow really quick, I'll, let's talk about those stadium series jerseys. Uh, I am absolutely in love with that Smashville jersey. <laughs> you are on an island, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's called Florida. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, they're god-awful. Um, I think Preds fans never agree on anything either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think – literally you're the only person that has said that they like them um Terrible. everybody hates them and national fans ripping it like the second they posted it everybody was going nuts um 
and it, it's the only time I think we've come together as one to be like, Hey, we really hate this. Or, you know, we really love this. Uh, so people are like petitioning and like, it's, it's insane. Um, that, and I mean, it's too late now. Like yeah. you just kind of have to embrace it at this point, but like, you know, we, I, my friends and I, that I watch all the hockey games with, like we immediately bought tickets to the game and it's like, mm-hmm. Oh man, like, you know, we're going to coordinate who's getting whose Jersey and like all this stuff. And then they like released those jerseys and I was like, I'm not buying this. Like, this is terrible. I can't, I can't do it, dude. Oh, I don't know. We have, so uh, where Tom and I work, we have a Nashville office and, and I don't know if you watched the last, uh, listen to the last episode, Tom talked about this epic Christmas party that we had, but the Nashville office came down and I was like, I looked at him. I was like, so Smashville, those jerseys are sick. And they all looked at me like, those are the ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. But I'm like, I'm going to get one. Like, <laughs> I don't know which player I'm going to get, but I'm going to get one. I just, I can't. I I, uh, I can't. I'll just wear one of the other ones that I have. Like, I can't, I can't do it. Maybe I'll buy a Milwaukee jersey and wear it instead. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh. I, I, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning <sighs> one's pretty dope, though. I think yeah, that I like sweet. it. I Get like my Patty it. Maroon jersey in that one. <laughs> you think he'll be with the team next year? <laughs> Probably not. I got my Tyler Johnson jersey last year, and he got traded. So, <laughs> <laughs> dude, that that's always what happens. Like, I I have a friend that pretty much anytime they buy someone's jersey with like any sport, the player gets traded within mm-hmm. like a year. It's so funny to me. Yeah, I I've I've stopped putting names on the back of my jersey just because first of all i'm 35 and it's like i, I can't justify putting an 18 year old's like name yeah. on the back of a jersey like I, it's just yeah. weird like i've crossed that point like and you're it's probably coming for you soon dude jj i hate to break it to you <laughs> yeah where you're just like no like this is weird now it's it's so funny that you say that because like i had this conversation the other day with a friend like yeah i i love uc Soros. love him and I'm a year older than him, which is really weird. Um, and, you know, I still don't have a Soros jersey, but, you know, I I will get one eventually. Like, thank God he's finally, like, Nashville's, like, number one goalie. Um, but, you know, somebody's like, you're going to wear somebody's jersey when they're younger than you. And I'm like, is that really a thing? Um, and, you know, after that, like, glass got shattered. I've, I've heard that from plenty of people. Um but yeah, you know, if that feeling's coming when I get there, then you know, you get there. I'll start buying blanks. Yeah, like I didn't feel that way when I bought a to like a John Tavares jersey, but then like when when he left, and I was like, all right, I can't wear this Tavares jersey anymore. Like yeah. this has to go in the trash. And I was like thinking about who to get, and I was like, Matt Barzell, like maybe like he had that colder year, and I was like, everyone was going out and buying Barzy jerseys, and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah this is like weird because I, I was already over 30 and he's 18. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. This is I may, maybe an Anders Lee one. I, I just, I still haven't gotten one with a, with a new name on the back. I put like my Isles meetup Charlotte on the back of my Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> that That's probably how it's going to stay. But uh, I, I guess let, let's, let's just talk about like the hype in Nashville around that stadium series, like game, because I I was talking to someone recently, like the Islanders had one and it just like outside of the New York market, 
no one cared about it. Like it mm -hmm. wasn't a big event where like the winter classic, I feel like is a little bit more of a, of an event. So do you guys feel like you got kind of robbed by getting a stadium series? Um, uh, so I think there's more excitement about it. Um, I mean, obviously we did the winter classic like a few years ago. Um, and like, I got to go to that and, you know, y'all probably saw like Nashville, like traveled fairly well for that. Mm -hmm. Um, it was really cool seeing a lot of like, you know, white and yellow, um, in the middle of all that green and stuff. And the first period of that game, we were all celebrating. So, uh, uh, some friends and I like rolled out to that. One of the best like events I've ever been, been a part of. Um, but you know, we came home from that and was like, Oh, like, you know, we kind of wish that there would be something like this in Nashville. And then lo and behold, a few years later, uh, we're getting a game at Nissan stadium. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think there's more excitement for the stadium series game. Um, but I feel like the, the winter classic was more special, but now that this is going to be in Nashville, the locals care more instead of just the hockey fans. Um, so like, I feel like there will be a good showing of like, you know, just Southern hockey fans. Like, you know, um, I'm sure that Tampa travels well. Um, and then you have States like, you know, Georgia, Mississippi, Kentucky, like Florida, all these people are going to be like traveling up to like, you know, watch some hockey. Um, I expect a solid, like probably like 60, 40 of like, Reds fans and then like other hockey fans and like Tampa fans and stuff like that. So it should be a good time. Um, and I know the city as a whole is excited about it. So I feel like Broadway is going to be absolutely disgusting that whole week. I just, I honestly, I hate like the whole Broadway thing. Like, yeah. you know, as, as a native, like why would you be into the touristy stuff? But like, I kind of want to be part of that camaraderie during yeah. that time because it's just going to be hockey fans mm -hmm. um yeah so yeah it'll be disgusting but it'll be fun yeah uh, we're gonna, to we're gonna celebrate you know there should be a parade from like <laughs> bridgestone right down broad because it you know you can walk because i i stayed over on the other side of the bridge when i was in nashville yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so like it's totally walkable mm -hmm. like oh, yeah. they should just totally have a legit parade from bridgestone all the way down Broadway, over the bridge, and to Nissan Stadium. It it might happen. I mean, like, uh, I could – anything will go. You know, yeah. I feel like as we get closer to that game, some stuff is going to get planned to where it'll be just absolutely ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see all that come together. Um, and it's coming up on us pretty quick, too, so that's exciting. Uh, and you said yeah. you got tickets already? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the, the second that they went on sale for like the, um, well, like, I guess since I was a season ticket holder, they still are really nice to me. So they were like, hey, like stadium series tickets. And I like told my friends and we were like, yeah, let's go. Let's get the best seats that we can. And like, we'll be there. So um, wouldn't miss it for the world. We've actually like, you know, I guess segueing into music a little bit, like I told my bandmates and stuff, I was like, look, this is when the stadium series game is like, I won't be playing any shows. Like don't, <laughs> no don't touring. play a tour. Yeah. We can't, we can't tour because I need to watch hockey. Um, and then like Renee's retirement game is going to be like right 
before that. And they're going to hang his jersey and stuff um, because God knows Nashville likes to hang banners. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I told the guys, I was like, I can't play any shows like on these dates because I have hockey tickets. And they were just like, this is the most cliche thing in the world, but you know, we'll, we'll respect it. So that's the week that you want to play your shows though, because that's when you're going to get more people going to them. <laughs> uh, see, they, they can go see my band. I won't be there. Well, your band actually told me <laughs> that they turned down to play the stadium series because you told them that like, they were oh. like, yeah, this NHL or something contacted us about a show. <laughs> And we said no shows, no shows. <laughs> so you totally, yeah, you totally just ruined that dream. Oh my goodness! So you've you've been to a Nashville game? Did you? Uh, they have like the band stage to where like bands play like in between like periods. Um, always cracks me up, but I joke all the time that Idle Threat's gonna play a Preds game sometime. Um, people would hate us, but it would it would be it would be fun. So. Uh, <laughs> Maybe maybe I can like punish them enough on the internet where they finally cave. But uh, you got to put know. that in your demands for tooth and nail. Like, yeah, honestly. Hey, <laughs> hey, if you want I to should. sign a new deal, like this is this is a number one requirement. <laughs> we need to be able to play on that Nashville stage one time. I I joke. Okay, so so we got put on. Are y'all familiar with Tooth and Nails like songs from the Penalty Box like, uh, compilations? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, like. No joke, I was going to bring this up, but <laughs> okay. we've talked to tons of people who are on Tooth and Nail or were on Tooth and Nail and like have been part of that comp, yeah. and not a single person knows like anything about that comp. And it's really? Like, yeah, it was, it's so, like we talked to Brett Dieter from Juliana Theory, we've talked to yeah. Nate from Amber, like we've talked to people that are on that comp and have no idea about it. And I'm like, that's so weird. How? Well, I mean, yeah. I was like a tooth and nail fanboy. I mean, for God's sake, I have a tooth and nail tattoo, but like, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's crazy to me. Cause like, I remember when we got like offered that or they like told us, Hey, we're going to, you know, release this EP. And then like, we'll put like, you know, this song on one of the like old compilations we're bringing back. I jokingly, I remember being on the phone with my bandmate and I was like, I wonder if it's going to be songs from the penalty box. And um, if my memory serves me correctly, he was like, what is that? And I was like, oh my God, it's like a hockey themes like thing. Um, and sure enough, like when our A&R guy told us, um, Ernie was like, yeah, like it's going to be like songs from the penalty box. I was like, this is so sick to me. Um, jokingly, like when we, you know, got signed and all this stuff moving forward, um, like my hockey goals with our band. Uh, I just want the Preds to like know who we are. Um, so whether they like, you know, play one of our songs, like in a commercial break or something like that, I just, I just want that. Um, and then I wanted to do songs from the penalty box and we got on that. Um, and then I want one of our songs to be on an NHL game, which that is just shooting for Dream the stars. I have no idea how to make that happen, but like, you know, if anybody is listening to this, watching <laughs> this, whatever, like, I just – I want to be on an NHL game so bad. They can use whatever they want to. Like, we'll write a song for the game. I just I just want that so bad. Um, Mike, well, you want to tell them? Yeah, you need to go back and listen to Bar Down Breakdown, like episode 120 or something like that. Okay. Because we had Steve and Sabelle from EA Sports on here. Okay. And we and Steve, who who's like the executive producer for those soundtracks, lives in Nashville. And he's the one that like – 
coordinated Judah in the line to do like the theme song yeah. for the foot, the, like the Nashville football club or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So he's right in your backyard. So it's yep. not out of reach. Okay. So <laughs> my homeboy, if he's listening to this or if you want to <laughs> slip him a little something, we should go to a Preds game and talk about some things. Cause look, Nashville native, like, <laughs> I just, that's all I want. Like I could quit tomorrow and be fine. If we just get on an NHL game, that's what I want. Like, and correct so. me if I'm wrong. I think he was a Rangers fan. And now just because of living in Nashville, he's become a Preds fan. He, he, he takes part in yeah. the Preds. Like, okay. Yeah. So he, he's gotten on the Preds wagon. Like, yep. I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider him like a Preds diehard, but he definitely appreciates them. He's trailing on the wagon. Yes. Yep. So I, I, I might have misspoken. So like those <laughs> those guys that we mentioned, it's not that they didn't know about the comp. They just didn't know like why it exists. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's was gonna be my question. Like, do you know any idea why Tooth and Nail puts out songs from the penalty box? Like I know that Tooth and Nail's in like the C- originally from like the Seattle area. That's like, what I was gonna bring up. Um yeah, Isn't like why? Why did they? Because they've done that forever. Like that comp has been yeah. out since like the '90s. So, like, any idea why they put that out and why they brought it back? See, I can't tell if you're asking me like if I know and like have the insight, or if you're about to like enlighten me on something. No, I, I really I hope I have to know. That, that's, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so yeah. that's like what I always ask everyone. It's like, I, I what's the backstory wrote- behind this? I've always just assumed that like because they're from Seattle and then also because I mean like punk rock, hardcore, you know, alternative and hockey have this amazing relationship. Um, I just think like, you know, it's an undeniable thing where like you have, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a running joke that like, you know, dudes in in the scene or whatever it if they didn't like hockey before it's going to be within the first like five years of liking hardcore music they're going to get into hockey um and you know blah 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 but you know i i do think they go hand in hand and um it's i I don't know i just think it's a great idea for a comp and like you know if you're going to throw a bunch of punk bands on something and have it related to sports like you know you're hitting the nail right on the head for me because there's nothing more that I love than sports and music. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I don't I, know. It's a match made in heaven. I think it was a great move for tooth. They should keep doing it. Hell yeah. I, I hope so too. So mm-hmm. just, uh, JJ, before we dive more into idle threat, I do just have a quick message from our sponsor that I just have to read real quick. So, Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total cash prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. 
If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whew. All right. So <laughs> now on to some music talk. So, JJ, you know, it's no question Nashville is like country music's hometown. Like that is like where country music is born and like mm-hmm. y- you name it. But alternative music, hardcore music, punk music, not so much. So tell us your backstory and, and how you got into this crazy world that we live in. Um, honestly, like we have a venue called Rocket Town. Um, oh. and yeah, maybe y'all know Rocket Town. Um, nope. but that when I was like 11, 12 years old, I started going to shows and that's really what did it for me. Um, my, I have an older sister named Victoria who, you know, she was super into like, you know, all, all that scene music and stuff like that. And she just kind of like dragged me along with her. Um, so we would go to shows. Nashville's local scene was great at the time. Um, and it still is, you know, but I'm like a part of it. So like, it's different than being like a fan. Um, but Rocket Town was like a V spot and bands came through all the time. Um, and I kind of just got sucked into that world. Um, and, you know, I started playing drums probably like it was sixth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, something like that. Um, and just wanted to play like, you know, loud, fast music with friends. Um, never really did that until like high school. And then, you know, my bandmate Zeke and I were like in a Spanish class together and hit it off. And then we started playing, you know, like Fall Out Boy covers and stuff together. So um that's how i started playing in the scene is like you know we started idle thread and then like you know move forward but um you know as a listener it was when i was young so i was kind of just grandfathered in or whatever you want to say i kind of just grew up in the scene um and it's changed a lot over the years um but i have to give a shout out to um the old rocket town for indoctrinating me into punk and hardcore um And then, you know, I guess like Nashville being Music City, like, you know, we do have like the, you know, country and pop and like all that kind of stuff, like hub of America, honestly. But like, I mean, with that existing, we still have a lot of like other acts come through as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, you know, Bridgestone and its former names or whatever has been great, like to house like shows. Um, and then there's venues on every block. So bands are rolling through all the time. It just depends on like the night, you know? So, but whenever there's one show, there's 50 others and there's pros and cons to that as well. But, you know, I pretty much got to do and see all the shows that I wanted to. Um, nobody ever really skips over us. Uh, So that's always been nice, but you know, the underground scene has been great here. Um, You just kind of have to look for it sometimes. So, (laughs) Uh, so I guess, you know, you mentioned your sister being older, 
you know, when, when she was introducing you to this kind of music, was she introducing you to like tooth and nail bands like under oath and Amberlynn and, and As cities um, burn. Yeah, yeah. Like you name them. I'm going to give her credit for like the adjacent bands. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure she'll listen to this eventually, but like, you know, she, my sister like loved Chiodos. Um, mm-hmm. and like, she showed me Chiodos and, you know, I love that band, um, did then did now. Um, but like, you know, I explored a little more than she did, um, because I was more inclined for like the more metal, like heavy music. And she wanted the more like alternative, like sing songy stuff. So I remember like one of the first CDs that I ever bought on my own um was uh august burns red's thrill seeker Mm -hmm. um and you know they're a tooth and nail adjacent band um actually you know solid state band now so like they're they're in that world um yep so and then like my dad he's a he's a preacher um so we were at like youth events and stuff all the time and like you know christ core you know tooth and nail and all that like reign supreme um and you know during the golden age of like metalcore and all that kind of stuff like you know there are a lot of really good christian bands like out there you know making a name for themselves like the ones you just named uh so like you know under oath blew up seemingly like overnight um and like i don't know i absolutely adore them um i never super got into a city's burn which is Mm -hmm. shocking to a lot of people they just never really like clicked with me um but we get compared to them all the time so people are like oh like you know is that one of your influences and i'm like not really they have some good songs i just never did the deep dive and like i can't i can't say that like they're an influence of mine but you know um tooth and nail like as a whole though like they pumped out records that i just absolutely wore out like um and it's cool because like a lot of my absolute favorite records ever made, like, you know, you can flip over the CD or the vinyl or whatever. And that tooth and nail stamp is there. Um, and that, you know, that's incredible to me, um, especially since we ended up signing with them. And, you know, I, I can talk about that later. But um, yeah, um, I don't know. Like it, it, it kind of just felt like you know, sometimes like you're just in the right place at the right time and stuff. And for me, like growing up in the Nashville scene, um, in the Bible belts, you know, I'm a preacher's kid and like all Mm -hmm. that, like tooth and nail literally was just perfect for me. Um, and you know, regardless of like your religious beliefs or whatever, like tooth and nail was pumping out incredible music that was making waves. So, um, yeah, yeah. It was just, you know, another match made in heaven. So, now you, you you know you you did mention that your dad is a preacher so like when you would be home you know middle school high school like blasting this screaming music <laughs> and like your dad probably thinking like that you're listening to you know devil worshiping music but then you like did you just like show him like no dad look there's the tooth and nail label we're good we're good <laughs> so was that so- like your way to listen to some of that stuff shout out to mark because he uh incredible incredible man but he actually was like pretty cool with it um so like he's really the reason that i got into music and then definitely playing drums because he he was a drummer too Mm -hmm. um and like you know straight up like his favorite bands are like you know journey and acdc and 
um, you know, I could name a million, like he loves the Eagles and like, yes. And, um, you know, all, all those bands, but he, he loved rush. So like he got me into rush at like a young age, um, which, you know, Neil Pert, probably the greatest drummer that will ever walk the face of the earth. Yep. Um, so like we, you know, listen to Russian stuff all the time. So fast forward to when I was into all this, like, you know, obscure metal music and stuff like that, he didn't really mind, you know, and it was, it was funny. Cause like, it'd be like, Hey, I'm going to this show or, you know, whatever. Even when I was like 13, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to the show. And he'd just be like, who are you seeing? And I'd tell him and he'd be like, Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and like my, my mom was more of the one that was just like, well, what do they like sing about and stuff? And I'm like, well, they're actually a Christian band. And, you know, after a while, I'm sure like parents, you know, of anybody who said stuff like that, it was just like, well, it doesn't sound like it, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, and that always cracked me up because like people, you know, just kind of assume like, oh, your dad's a preacher. Like he probably hates all that stuff. And surprisingly enough, my dad's always been like really cool about it. Um, and like with our band and stuff like that, he's been very supportive. And um, yeah, like there's been a couple of times I've bought like, cds and like i would come home from school or something and like he would be you know listening to the devil's prada or something i'm like what are you doing with my cd and he's like oh, i'm just checking it out I'm like that's cool like i i love that that's awesome so like i'll i'll pull a i'll pull a tom really quick and and just kind of like dive into my background of metalcore and hardcore because that was it, the typical pop punk life is it's uh this music for hardcore musicians that couldn't make it in hardcore but uh, one of so back when we used to play church shows and we used to play, we had a Rocket Town down in South Florida too. Yeah. Uh, back when we used to play all those shows, one of my favorite bands to play with was a Nashville metalcore band called A Plea for Purging. Yep, one of my favorite bands that ever existed. Literally, like, and and like, I still follow Dozer on Instagram. I want to try his hamburgers. Like, like. <laughs> but Plea for Purging was, like, one of the greatest bands to, like, come through, like, in South Florida. And, like, knowing that they were from Nashville, it was always really fun to kind of, like, take the stage with them, meet them. Like, I remember this girl got, like, a dozer tattoo on her foot. And I was like, that's crazy. But, uh, Mikey, so basically a Plea for Purging was this metalcore band. And they dozer was their singer. He was this big bearded dude. And they always make these like outrageous music videos because they were just hilarious <laughs> individuals, but they were like straight up, like, you know, just like August Burns red style metalcore, but they were Christian yeah. metalcore and they would come through all the time with like my children, my bride. Um, Once nothing was another big, like Southern metal band that I really got yep. into. Um, and I'm trying to remember like a few others too. I don't, I, I just, they're like off the tip of my tongue. I can't think about them. But I remember when I was listening to you guys, and um, I'm a really big fan of Furnace Fest and every band that has played Furnace Fest. And yeah, I got a really big influence of As Cities Burns from you guys. But I think when I first listened to you know the the new album that you guys put out, I I got like my heartstrings tugged because you guys sound like Beloved, yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. one of my favorite bands hands down. Yeah, and that I, was like that I feeling I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I I I love hearing that. Um, so it's so funny because like over the years, people have you know it, being in a band, you get comparisons and stuff all the yeah. time. Um, but there's been a couple people that um, 
have compared us to beloved and that mm-hmm. that always just like hits for me because like anytime i hear at city's burn i'm like uh okay cool yeah i i know what you're talking about but like for me it doesn't do anything mm-hmm. um and like neither of my other bandmates really listen to them either um surprisingly enough yeah but um you know we get like it's weird we get like title fight a lot um which mm-hmm. like that's one of zeke's favorite bands so like he he loves that and then we get um counterparts for some reason uh, which like all three of us the main three of us love counterparts um but like the one that i've always loved is like yeah you know it's very rare but when they bring up beloved i'm like thank you because it's the old it's the old guard yeah (laughs) yeah i love it and like you know i i i want to play like one show with that band um you know but they're not like super active but Mm. i i'm hoping maybe within the next like year or so that like our paths cross and we get to do something together because it would mean a lot to me. Um, so your path yeah, that... just crossed. I'm going to text dusty right now and be like, yo, <laughs> dusty. <laughs> you gotta go... they, they were a former guest on the show. <laughs> they were. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And he's a big hockey That's fan. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, even there you go. What was, did they, what was the band they had after advent or was advent before beloved? So, so I think they were. He went into like dead poetic, time, and then though, he joined. Right? So, beloved Dusty then went to play with Dead Poetic, and then yeah. the yeah. almost he 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 played yeah, with the almost right. for a while. Um, but did did and I could be completely wrong. Didn't didn't Advent and Beloved kind of have like an overlapping? I think like so. somewhere. I'm trying or, to remember, but and, and, and you know anything beloved did and anything advent advent did like i just instantly was in love with um yep. and i still i will die on this hill that advent is the best hardcore band that has ever existed uh, which i know is a very bold statement that's a very bold statement so i love so that band <laughs> advent advent came across after beloved had had kind of disbanded for for lack okay. of a better term because i don't think beloved ever really disbanded uh yeah. but I so I grew up in the eulogy records scene. Like that was that was yeah. my my whole life was eulogy records. I went to eulogy fest every year. And I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to like counter your the best hardcore band ever because Advent's up there. They're they're top five for me. But I'm gonna have to go with one of the best hardcore bands that I've seen live. Um I'll I'll go with like top three or top two. It would definitely be Bane for me. Okay. Okay. And and Casey Jones. And I'm okay. not straight edge, but Casey Jones I was I about to ask. Polish American. <laughs> and they were one of the best hardcore bands I've I've ever seen live. Um huh. Next to like Sheer Khan too, but I guess I guess if we're like ranking, like and it and it's really just because I was a tooth and nail kid, like yep. you know, Christcore guy, but like Advent for me is number one. Um and then I love Rotting Out. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Rotting Out fan. I would say that they're a close second. Um, I guess if you're really getting into, like, you know, the traditional sound mm-hmm. hardcore and all that, like, they are the best hardcore hardcore band in my opinion. But, like, um, you know, I still – I just love Advent. Um, and I, don't, I don't know who third would be. Probably, probably Trapped Under Ice. I don't know. That's something I'll have to think about. I'll have to get back to y'all like <laughs> in some DMs later. But 
I, I don't even want to say look, mine because I'll just like lose all credit and they're like, all right, bar down breakdown. You're not making it to episode 150. <laughs> you're done. Look, I love I love Trapped Under Ice, but the best thing to come out of Trapped Under Ice is Turnstile. I I knew that that was going to come up somehow, and I mean you're you're uh, you're probably right. Um, I mean they're doing big things, especially yep. for like the entire genre. Like they're bringing a whole new wave of like people into hardcore. So like you mm-hmm. can't do anything but respect that. So um, that and their music's just fun. Like the some of the best shows I've ever been to Turnstile was playing. So like I, yeah, that band is doing some really amazing things. Um, I've got nothing but love for them. Definitely rooting for them. So they've done more for the Baltimore, the city of Baltimore than the city of Baltimore has. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, JJ, Uh, you, you, you mentioned how important tooth and nail was like, what was it like when like, you know, they came knocking or, or even if you guys came knocking first and then they listened, like, tell me, tell me how that whole process went down. And like, how are you not just like fanboying the whole time? So it's funny. Or were Um, you fanboying? I I absolutely, absolutely was. And still am sometimes about just the most random things. But like, um, I remember we had kind of gone through like some rough spots with like, just, you know, being in a band and like, you know, it, there was some stuff that happened that it was just like, you know, we're all growing up and like, you know, we had been touring, like, I don't want to say nonstop, but we toured quite a bit in Mm -hmm. uh, the 2017 through like 2019, like um, time. So like it got to the point where it was just like, okay, like I personally, I was like, I want this to grow. Like I want to, you know, see the fruit of my labor. I want to like do this, that, and the other and like, you know, we're only getting older and like, you know, I'm only 26 now, almost 27. So like, I'm not old, but like, it just like felt like that. Cause like, you know, touring a hundred days out of the year or whatever, it was just kind of like, all right, like I have to be an adult and I also still want to do this whole like band thing. So like, anyway, um, it got to a point where there was some like, some like fighting and like arguments and like some stuff that happened like within our band. And like, you know, I think now it's only brought us like closer as like mm-hmm. bandmates, but like I was at the point where I was like, guys, like if we don't get my dog, just shut the lights off. Uh, <laughs> so it was like the clapper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She like, I'm actually going to like let her outside. That's what she wants. I should have realized that earlier. Um, so that is one smart dog. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's a big, beautiful idiot is what I call her. This is actually <laughs> my sister's dog. I'm house sitting for them right now. Aww. Um, so yeah, I'm a, well, she has two dogs, but anyway, so, um, I remember basically just telling my bandmates like, Hey, you know, if we don't get signed, like I want to plan for like the end. Um, so we do like a fest every year and like all this stuff. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to like book the fest and this will be my last show. Like, you know, if we're not going to kind of make a little bit more of a future out of it, like I just want to end like on a good note. Mm-hmm. Um, and that turned into like, um, like we're going to send out, um, X amounts of emails in order to like, maybe hear from a label or something. Um, 
and we chose our top we were at a practice one time like talking about all this and i was like all right let's sit down and make a list of like the labels that we we would want to be on um and when we had started the bands like back in 2014 um the three labels that i joked about all the time but you know very serious i was like if we're ever on uh blood ink blood ink records face down records or tooth and nail i'll be stoked um and you know we flirted with blood and ink for a while and you know that didn't work out which i'm very glad it didn't <laughs> and rip um <laughs> but then you know we talked to face down for a little bit and it, it was nice but you know it wasn't a fit so we moved on um and then we fast forward to that practice we chose 10 labels and we sent out some emails and tooth and nail was the only label that got back to us um so we started our contract negotiations um and you know we were lucky enough to during that time like november of 2019 um we got offered to play um a sold out show at exit in in Nashville, which is probably my favorite venue there just historically other than maybe the Ryman. Um, but we got to open for Norma Jean and Gideon and the devil Wars Prada, which three of my very favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, we killed it. You know, the crowd liked it. Um, we had a lot of fun. I still think it was the best night of my life. Um, it was just a blast, but I, I, cross paths with Corey Brandon at that show and he and I hit it off just like joking around and stuff. But um, he has become one of my, like, I I don't want to speak too high, but like, we're like really good friends now. So like we text and stuff all the time, but like we literally like this past weekend, we just played a show with Norma Jean in Atlanta um, and was an absolute blast. And like, you know, Corey's been a really, really good friend to us. So um, very encouraging and, um, you know, he sang on one of the songs on our new record. And, um, you know, I just, I've been listening to Norma Jean since I was in like fifth grade. So like mm-hmm. the fact that like, you know, I even have like Corey's number, like is crazy to me, but, um, that was the first time at that Prada show that we played with them when I was talking to Corey about all this stuff that it hit me like, Oh man, like we're signing to tooth and nail. Like we're, you know, going to be in the same, like, you know, when people talk about us, probably going to be in the same breath as like the Norma Jeans and like the, you know, under oaths and all that stuff. So it really became real for me that night. Um, and then fast forward to like, you know, February, March, when COVID is coming around, it was just kind of like, oh shit, like, what are we going to do? Um, and we were still in contract negotiation at that point. Um, we ended up signing shortly after like, everybody was shut down. I remember like my bandmates and I like met up to sign the contracts and then, you know, we like ate at like an Outback steakhouse or something like that. <laughs> like, cause it was open and like, we were joking about like balling out and stuff. So we <laughs> were like the only people in the restaurant because everybody was like scared of like COVID, which like rightfully so. But like, I remember just feeling how weird it was to be like, Oh my gosh, we're signing this contract. And then like, you know, the world's still like on hold. Um, but I remember uh, getting in my car that night and I was just like, oh my God, we signed a record deal. Like, um, and it's the tooth and nail, which is like a label that undoubtedly changed my life. Um, mm-hmm. And 
path as a person, let alone as a musician. So, um, yeah, that was incredible. Um, and then there's been all sorts of stuff like putting out our first record, putting out our first music video, like even, you know, making the music video, um, was incredible to me. And like, you know, it's the only time I think I've ever been nervous, like, uh, playing drums or anything like it, it was so nerve wracking, but like, you know, all those little moments aren't really so little. Um, so they definitely strike a chord with me. So every time we do something even remotely cool, I'm like, oh my God, like we, we signed to tooth and nail, like this is everything that I've ever wanted, you know? Um, and like, we're not a big deal, like at all, you know? Um, but you know, it's just really cool to kind of like have your dreams come true. I don't know, no way of phrasing that without it being cheesy, but like, you know, I was a tooth and nail kid and now my band is a tooth and nail band. So like, it's incredible. Um, and nobody can really take that from me. So, yeah. It's like you joined a, a roster of bands who's like, you know, yeah, you know, tooth and nail isn't to where it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago, but the bands who's alma mater but, for lack of a but better hold term. Hold on. But the scene is, is also not the what it was. Yeah, not, that too. So it's not just tooth and nail. It's like, not just tooth and nail. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, look at the bands that have come off of it. I mean, you still have Copeland on the label. You still have May on the label. You still yeah. have like these heavy hitting bands that are on there. But even just saying like, you know, you come from the tooth and nail family is is huge because you have your underos. You have, wasn't the, the almost was on tooth and nail too, were they? Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I believe yeah. they were. Um, But you have like, you know, I mean, you guys did an entire like not episode of bar down, but you guys did the pre 2006 on just Copeland and talking about like how big Copeland was like 2000, what 2003 to 2006 Copeland was like huge. And just like, you know, being on that roster, I think it's like, especially growing up listening to the bands that you listen to um, and even talking about face down too. Like there were so many good bands on face down Gideon, like you just mentioned too, was on face down. It's, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's like, you know, me, like one of my bands being signed to fucking drive through records. Like that's like, that's like, like a dream come true, which will never really happen. But like, it's, it's, it's one of those things. No, it will never happen. (laughs) But it's just that, that, you know, never say never though. Drive through records is never coming back. (laughs) Never coming back. No chance. (laughs) Um, But, you know, being able to be part of like, you know, a label who, who is, you know, I'm trying to think of a Tom word to say cultivated these bands is, is, is phenomenal. Like I, I grew up on tooth and nail records, like, you know, from, you know, 1997 through 2010, like they cultivated a lot of like my musical taste and a lot of kind of like, you know, you know who I am today, even though I'm no longer playing that style of music, like I'll sit in my room and I'll be playing, you know, anything off of like to find the great line or, you know, anything off of, um, what's another one that I was going to say too. Um, you know, just any of the bands that have come off of it. I don't know why I'm only thinking under oath right now. That's not what I'm trying to think of, but like, it's, I don't know. It's, that was like the time and the era for, for, you know, when I was 16 to 22. Yeah. And, and it is funny. Like, you know, I, I think about this a lot too. Like, you know, a lot of the, you know, golden age of tooth and nail bands were kind of before me, but I also got into the scene, like 
pretty early compared to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you at least I haven't heard this much, but like you haven't really heard like, oh, when I was 11, I started going to these shows. When I was, you know, 12, I was doing this, that, and the other. And like for me, it's just like, yeah, this is really weird. But like when I was that young, I was like doing this stuff. And then you just, I fell in love with it real quick. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't know if I'll ever like grow out of it or anything like that. But, you know, I you was very, you very, don't. yeah, I don't think I will. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I was very fortunate being in Nashville um, to have like a plea for purging. Um, yeah. And I can't tell you how many times I saw that band, but like just such a special, special group of dudes that were absolutely killer on record and live and then they were just fun and you know the content that they pumped out with like music videos and like you know myspace and twitter and all this stuff like it was just they were an experience that i wish could be replicated and it's just not because you don't have bands or the scene or anything like that anymore Mm -hmm. um and I don't know if we ever will again. And it's weird having that conversation too. Cause like, you know, being in a band now, it's like, you know, I wish that we could do what they did and have like all local shows that are pulling, you know, 500 people on a weeknight. Um, but that just doesn't happen anymore unless you're like massive. And how do you get massive now? Like you make a TikTok or something and it yeah. goes viral and like, you just get lucky. Um, so like, you know, things have certainly changed in like those regards. Um, but, you know, I, and I keep saying like, you have to be at the right place at the right time. But like, for me, that's how I was shaped, like as mm-hmm. a listener and a musician, like, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to have a plea for purging and rocket town and uh, those experiences. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'm sure for you guys, y'all had similar stories, like, Um, you could probably pinpoint like, oh, this is the moment where I got into like this realm of music or this is why I picked up a guitar or, you know, whatever you're into. Well, yeah, dude, Um, like no joke. When I was in high school, Emery had a legit commercial on TV. Yeah, like that's so sick. (laughs) But but that just also goes to show you like how much has changed since then, like that's yeah. what the state the state of the scene was so massive like mm-hmm. you know it wasn't uncommon for you to hear a band that you liked on like a teen movie or yep. like yeah. on a commercial like that's how mainstream it was or like, even like seeing it like, still the, blows the my victory. mind like yeah emory had a tv commercial like what yeah, that doesn't make insane. any damn sense <laughs> i was gonna say like even watching mtv back in the day or like fuse yeah. You know, we would have, you know, these these commercials from like Victory Records and No Sleep Records, not No Sleep, but like um, Roadrunner Records and Solid State Records just showing off like the different bands that they had. Yeah. And it, it was just it was I don't know, man, I we need another Stevens Untitled Rock show. Mikey, you need to you need to grow this podcast and just make like a Mikey's music hour or something I'm, I'm way better it. than that. <laughs> all for that. So. Yeah. I guess, like, you know, fast forward to, like, now, though, you, you sign this, like, l- you know, dream record label, but like you mentioned, it's during the weirdest time of our life, with, like, the yeah. country being shut down, the world being shut down with COVID. Like, t- t- does it feel like you kind of were, like, robbed that excitement, like, of of 
you know, playing like a, you know, this is our label release show. This is our yeah. album release show. Like all the hype that comes a, 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 along with signing the Tooth and Nail Records. So totally, just totally <laughs> stole the I, show. I, I will say, like it, it, it has been a bummer in some senses. Um, but and I'm not trying to be like you know fake woke or anything. But like, if this was me like a year ago, I would have been like. Yeah, dude, we got robbed of this opportunity and like it sucks that we didn't like get to do this, that, and the other. But now I'm just like, you know, there's been some like positive things that have happened and I can just take those as a blessing or as a, you know, just small victories are always the sweetest, I think. Um, so like I've been definitely trying to be more positive about like the things we have done rather than what we haven't, but like, um, to be able to just answer your question, like, yeah, like we, we put out an EP, like signed to a label and put out an EP on it um, during the pandemic. Um, and, you know, it probably didn't reach as many people as it could have um, if we were out playing shows and like, you know, you know, on the road and meeting people and, you know, getting our name out there and stuff like that is just an undeniable truth. Um, but I think it, you know, there's lessons to learn from that and in where, you know, we put out a full length and like, hopefully um, we are going to be able to tour on it more and stuff like that. But like, it, that was one of the things I realized uh, when COVID was at its hopeful peak um, was like, you know, when we're stuck at home, like, I want to be out like on the road, like playing shows and like, you know, making making it happen and you know putting this record out it's like okay we know what we have to do like we have to go out and play shows we have to tour we have to meet people we have to hope our music resonates with them they have a good time like you know i'm tired of watching bands uh on youtube and twitch you know i want to be in the crowd like doing a flip off of the stage or like you know moshing or you know dancing with my friends and like mm -hmm. stuff like that like it's and I don't know, like, so being able to go back to shows or play shows and all that, it, it made it a lot sweeter for me because you do kind of take things for granted. Um, so, like, it made everything that was, like, important to me, like, more, like, way more obvious. Um, mm -hmm. And, like, I, I want to be able to, like, not take that for granted and cherish those things. So, like, you know, we played our first show back from – you know, shut down or whatever in, I don't want to say something wrong. It was like October. No, it was before that. I want to say August. I'm going to say August. Um, and like, it, it was great. Um, and then, you know, moving into October, we went on like a week long tour and those shows weren't the same, but mm -hmm. to me, it felt like we were starting over because we, in a way we were. Um, so it kind of felt like the first tour we had ever been on. Whereas like, you know, we're not rolling up to a house that's going to have like a hundred of our friends in it. We're rolling up to venues that have like, you know, um, fax requirements and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like they've capped it or like, you know, instead of having like triple digit people, we have like 50. And at first it was just like, oh man, like this is kind of a letdown. And then like, you kind of shake that off and you're like, no, nah, like 50 people are here. This is sick. Like, um, you know, people that give a shit about what you're doing and like, you know, as long as we're being safe and stuff like that's it, it just like I said, it made it a lot sweeter. So um, 
we got to take some of our friends out, um, Meadows on Face Down, and then another band from Alabama called uh, Roy Sullivan. Um, and we just had a blast with them um, that week. Um, it, it was incredible just to be back on stage and like playing in front of people again, and you know, having people dance to our music or like, you know, stage dive and stuff like that. So um, yeah, like it just made all that stuff sweeter. Um, and then, you know, we played, like I said, this past weekend, we just played a show with uh, Norman Jean and Holy Gold and across five Aprils um, and a local band from Atlanta that, that, that was such a fun show. Cause you know, there were probably a little over 200 people there um, and it was in a smaller space or whatever. And, you know, there were requirements at the show, but like, it was still a great time. And like, I've really missed doing stuff like that. And like every other band guy will tell you the same thing. They're just like, we're just glad we got to play a show. Like, even if this is just a one-off, like it's still sweet. We're going to cherish this moment. We're going to get up on stage and do our thing and feel lost in that moment as long as we can. Uh, and it just, it's such a powerful thing that I feel like a lot of us were taking for granted before. Um, so yeah. That's my, uh, you know, long-winded COVID uh, answer for you. But <laughs> so I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell you, like, I don't normally tell a lot of musicians this, but uh, I'm really fucking jealous that you got to play with Across Five Aprils, like, yeah. easily one of my favorite bands. Yeah, like, yeah, they're it, they're sick. Well, and, Justin, I remember they weren't in your top three that you just named. I said so. hardcore bands. They're more, I don't know, Across Five Aprils was, they're like a weird mix of like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they have that ambiguous sound. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like, they're they're easily like one of my favorite bands. Like, you know, Life Underwater, when it came out, was, was just such a cool fucking album when it came out. And I remember listening to Collapse, you know, my senior year of high school. Mm. And like, that's like, Indianola Records at the time, like I, they don't have like the greatest reputation, but you know they put out a lot of really good albums. And Across the Aprils was one of the bands that was on that label that just absolutely yeah. ripped for me. Yeah, and, it, and like I, that was the first time I ever got to see them that mm -hmm. I can recall. Um, and such sweet guys, like um, they were very nice to us, very encouraging. You know, it was a really good vibe that entire night. Um, but uh, our like fill-in guitarist, his name is Nathan, one of the sweetest dudes I know. Um, he uh, loves Across Five Aprils, and like it was so funny because like we're like leaving this show, and Nathan had bought like one of their shirts and like yeah. all of their CDs and like all this stuff. <laughs> and um, we're like, that's probably my favorite thing about our band is that we are just shamelessly like our girls. So like we will play these shows like with people that we've been listening to forever and straight up have those conversations with them and just be like, yo, like we're not even going to pretend like we're not fans of yours or like, we don't know who you are. <laughs> like we freaking love you. <laughs> like, um, and like, you know, I, we've been fortunate to have those moments with a lot of people that we take influence from or grew mm -hmm. up listening to and all that. So like, um, you know, I joke all the time about uh, we've, we, we've played a, two shows now with 68 i believe yep um and like i'm one of the biggest chariot fans like ever like <laughs> you and me literally both. have a huge chariot tattoo on my thigh like i have multiple flags of theirs in in my room blah 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 but um i remember when we played with 68 
um, and like Josh Goggin is like, there's a music venue in Nashville called the end and the green room is like, it's just side stage, but like we're playing our set and I can like look over and like five feet from me, Josh Goggin standing there watching us play. And like, I just remember having this moment of like, dude, Josh Goggin's watching us play right now. This is sick. (laughs) And um, he, um, after the set, like I remember like moving my drums off and I started like walking like up towards the bar area and he stopped the conversation he was having with somebody to come up to me. And at first, so it, you know, it was probably the second or third time I've like met him or whatever, but it was always at a fan, like as a fan at a show. But when I was walking up to him, um, he was like, Hey, and I was like, Hey, he's like, good set, man. And I was like, dude, thank you so much. Like, you know, um, you know, my name's JJ. Um, you know, I'm the drummer or something. Cause I'm like nervous. Like the dude yeah. just watched me play and I'm like, yeah, I'm JJ. I'm <laughs> the drummer and he was like i'm josh i'm a big fan of yours and i was like You're like, oh, oh my gosh <laughs> like um so that that's the coolest thing that's ever happened to me probably um but yeah we ended up just like talking about like you know he's like yeah you guys sounds like this and that and like you know this was really cool and like i'm glad that we got to do this and like blah 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 and like that was so so sick to me um and like you know touching a little more on the the relationships like that that i've made like we've also gotten to play with like uh have you guys heard of the threats before um it's david kennedy the drummer from the chariot it's his mm-hmm. newer band yeah so um we played with them in alabama like 2019 2018 2019 and i remember like i like gear split with david and like he like made a comment about having like a similar setup to me, and I was like, it's because I've been ripping off of you for yeah. like years, <laughs> for you <know>? years. <laughs> um, and I will say, because uh, it ties into this podcast, I remember we were all standing around talking about like sports or something, and I was talking about the Preds, and like John was talking about like I think the Lightning or something like that, and like we're like you know shooting the shit about hockey. And somebody's like, David, do you watch hockey? And he's like, no, I don't really like hockey. And I was like, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> like, why you got to do that to me? Um, but pretty much everybody we play with, I try to convince to be a Preds fan now. So, um, so yeah, the question is, who who reps the Preds the har- harder? The, the homies in free throw or you guys? Um, I'm going to give it to free throw. Um, <laughs> my, my. My bandmates like the Preds and like, I know that they, I think they have Preds gear. I know Ernie has like a hat or something and like they've gone to watch parties and stuff, but I don't think they're like avid hockey fans. Um, Both of them love basketball. Um, I think that's probably their favorite sport. And then like, I know like our fill-in members, I don't think Nathan watches hockey at all. Um, But DJ, he he watches the Preds probably every game that he can. Um, so I would say he's probably the second biggest hockey fan in our band. But the free throw guys, you know, I've I've seen them play in like Preds jerseys and stuff. And I wish I could, but I would get way too sweaty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to give that to free throw. But I, I personally, single-handedly, will give them a run for their money if I can help it. So, Yeah. All right. All right. I love it, man. Well, (laughs) 
JJ, I, I really do appreciate you hopping on and, and Justin, yeah, I just always appreciate looking at your handsome face. <laughs> so this was a blast. And, you know, I, I, I love talking, talking the city of Nashville. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be tuning in for that stadium series game. I, yeah. I want to see like the spectacle that they make it because I'm sure it's going to be, yeah. it, it's going to be something cool. I'm sure all the, all the big names in Nashville will be coming out for that one. They'll um, be there. There, there definitely will be some glitz and glamour there. So, like, yep. you know, country um, music's finest. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe y'all will see me on like the uh, the, the side stage like, or like kiss the... cam. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I hope so. <laughs> well, uh, dude, I I really do appreciate. It. I I I love that you have this like new found love for touring and playing music again, and like mm-hmm. you got got that back because you know absolutely you know it it it, i think it does take a little of that like perspective to change like some some guys will be in like really huge successful bands but then like the candle just burns out and they just like don't love it anymore like you guys had that moment and it's crazy to think that like covid did that for some bands but it seems like that has done it for you guys and like now now it, maybe it doesn't come down to how many monthly streams you're getting or how many people are at your show it's just like you know what i just want to play music and i want to play for Absolutely. whoever wants to to be there and yeah. and i think that's the perspective that bands need to have at this point yeah and like we you know i guess i can like speak for myself but maybe on behalf of my bandmates too like literally like you know covid happened and then you know, we're signed and then like we go and do our first like ever full length record. Um, and, you know, we spent May of this year, like writing with an incredible producer and then we put out our debut full length and like, we're very proud of it. And, you know, it was just kind of that mentality of like, okay, we created something we like, like we're going to put it out to the world. We're going to tour on it. We're going to just do what we want to do. And if it clicks with people sick, um, so that that's what we're doing um and it's it's been good so far so coming out of this hopefully all this uh pandemic stuff is behind us i don't want to speak in absolutes obviously but uh knock on some wood hopefully we'll be playing more shows and keep doing the thing so cool appreciate the kind words (laughs) jj tell us where we can can find everything idle threat so that our listeners can you know scoop up a a record give you guys some uh some streams etc go stream yeah, blur so, visions yeah yeah stream blur visions um yeah so uh we're we're on everything so if you're an apple person or a spotify person amazon whatever you want to do like we're there you can find us on youtube um we're on all the socials um if you want to follow us or anything like that i'm on all the socials i don't know why you would follow me i pretty much just tweet <laughs> about like hockey and stuff so you know, maybe I'm talking to the right crowd. Let's argue about the Preds or something. But like, you know, um, you can find us just about anywhere. Um, and like, we're about to drop a new music video, um, probably sometime mid January. Um, and we will be on the road as much as possible next year. So if you like what you hear on Spotify or whatever, then come see us at a show. Um, we'll have a good time. So yeah. Yeah, Hell that's yeah. my plug. <laughs> no, I, I hopefully you make your way to, to, to Nashville for for myself and Orlando for all our, all our homies down oh, in you Orlando. Mean Charlotte for you. 
Yeah. What did I say? You said Nashville. Oh, my bad. I'm the, the resident <laughs> fact checker here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, during this interview, somehow I have like convinced him to move to Nashville. Yeah. And also be a Preds fan. Um, so there he you would go. never yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> I think it like convincing me to move to Nashville isn't too hard because like as I was walking around, I was like, you know what? This kind of reminds me a lot of Charlotte. But yeah, un- unfortunately. I will never be anything other than an Islander fan. Like I've, I've invested 35 of my years in this misery. Like (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to stick it out and and like hopefully have a cup at at one point in my life. Bleeds blue and orange. Yeah. I love it. Cool. Well, (laughs) I appreciate it. I'll lead us out with uh, your, your latest video cement. Mm -hmm. And uh, okay, cool. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll keep in touch and I'm going to hit up dusty right now. and be like, yo, Idle threat. Get them on. (laughs) (laughs) I I will cry. Like I'll be uh, there for you guys crying. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again, man. Yeah. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. And I've got a picture.